Welcome to Top Advisor Marketing, where you will learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your practice. Brought to you by Top Advisor Podcasting, a done-for-you podcasting solution built just for trusted advisors. And now, your co-hosts of Top Advisor Marketing, Kirk Lowe and Matt Halloran. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. This time we are doing another mini-series. We've had so much fun and so much success with these mini-series that we wanted to bring on two people who are huge friends of us here at Top Advisor Marketing, who've been amazing guests on the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast and do something that is truly unique and different in the way that they do it, which is Patty Kramer, she's a productivity coach, and Michelle Donovan, who's a referral and a business coach uh, for financial services professionals. They are the co-owners of Productivity Uncorked. Today, we are going to focus on Patty's specialty, which is productivity. So many people aren't as productive as they should be. You all know that. If you don't know that, you need to look in the mirror and slap yourself around a little bit and realize that you're not as productive as you should be. And we're going to try to uncover some of those things today by picking the brain of a productivity genius. Am I allowed to say that, Patty? Can I call you that? Absolutely. You can say that. All right. That. Hey, that's great. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, Patty, let, let's begin by, by talking about productivity in general. What, what does what does it mean to truly be productive? It, you know, this is my definition, not necessarily Webster's, but it just means being in control of your time and your life. And whenever you go home from work or whenever you're doing anything, you feel like you're really producing what you want to produce. If you go home at the end of the day and you didn't get anything checked off your list and you feel like you've run around chasing your tail all day, you probably aren't very productive. Let's talk about lists because there are there are camps on both sides of the don't make lists, make lists, different kinds of lists. Let's talk about lists. Okay. I believe that lists are okay. I um, I think if you don't have a to-do list and you carry it in your head, that's probably a big mistake. So if you have your to-do list that's swirling around in your head, I call that the swirls, then you wake up at four in the morning going, oh my gosh, I didn't do that. So you have this list. I always suggest the first step is to write it down. And after a while that a, cur- a client works with me, I coach clients, I, I try to really get them to, instead of writing it down on a piece of paper, to go right to their calendar and plug it into a time slot, wherever that may be, the today, tomorrow, next week, next month. But that way you have a commitment to when you're going to do it. You just used a word that describes my entire existence, uh, which is the swirls. If you have not trademarked that, I think you should. Uh, I just woke up the yesterday morning with the swirls because I had realized that something wasn't right at 4 a.m. And then, of course, I can't get back to sleep. Now, let's talk about the calendaring, P. I love that. Uh, you have talked on previous podcasts about um, time blocking from a 30,000-foot view. But can, can we talk more about that? Because it seems to go hand in hand with well, literally blocking time on your calendar. How do you start teaching people to utilize a system like that? Well, my, my first caveat is to mention that this is not for everybody, but it is for a good bulk of people. But there are some people that are not conventional with their how they see time. But if you are a conventional person and you really have the same view of time, it's, it's just a matter of taking all of the things that you have to get done and planning a time to get them done. I work with financial advisors who are planners and they don't plan for themselves, but they plan for everybody else. So it's just a matter of taking those tasks that need to get done and deciding when you're going to do them. And I, I, you know, the swirls are just, I mean, they are so annoying 24 seven. It's not even at two or four in the morning all day long. You just keep looking around and looking around and you just wonder when are these things going to get done? And they, they just don't. 
So I always suggest going to the calendar and it, it takes time. It's a process of getting them to first write them down and then taking them from the list, plugging them into time slots, and then eventually just going straight from your brain into your automatic go-to is your calendar to write it down and make a decision of when you're going to actually work on it. Because you know what happens, Matt, is you get a ton of brain clutter. That's what the swirls are. You know, mm-hmm. clutter comes in many formats and brain clutter is probably the deadliest because it just, it just bogs you down in so many ways. So if you can get them onto a calendar, it just makes it so much easier. I want to highlight something you just said there. You're talking about a gradual behavioral change, which you and I both know, and well, actually all three of us know as from a coaching perspective, that if I can get you to do gradual change over time, the probability of it sticking is even better. So your sequence is uh, you know, just the, the overall idea of, of, of thinking of the to-do list, writing the to-do list down, and then and then moving it to a calendar. That's that's really awesome. Let's let's break down what does it mean to be unproductive? I love at the end, you know, at the end of the day, if you haven't checked anything off your list, but I know financial services professionals that are, I mean, they're just in the wind all the time and they're very reactionary. Mm-hmm. How do you help people get on the front of that? Well, first of all, is just awareness. If they, by the time they get to me, they're, they're pretty much needing something, some solution. And so I really have to make them become aware um, of every move they make and you know how that happens and because otherwise they just continue on. So just really getting them to be aware of their habits that they have and then introducing baby steps is, is really the key. And it's not just so you understand coaching. I'm sure you understand this. Coaching is not me telling people how to live their life. It's more of me getting to know them and their habits and their thinking style and really just being able to guide them comfortably to you know start writing things down if that's not what they want maybe they have an app they would like to use instead of a piece of paper but just getting it somewhere that they're comfortable with and then eventually moving them into the planning and I challenge them to try it for just a week and I want them to send me a copy of it I want to see it and then I want to hold them accountable to actually doing it and get I kind of get them hooked to the point where it's like this really works why would I not do this so it's just that those baby steps and they start to see results. And if we don't see results, we, we start over again and we try something different. My old boss and mentor had us write down what he referred to as the six most and vital one every day. And at the end of the day, uh, before we would leave, we would write down what we needed to get done and focus on tomorrow. And he believed that that would allow you to go home and not think about what you have to do tomorrow because you know it's on a list on your table. What, what, do, what do you think about that? Oh, I think that's essential. I think planning is so important in the sense that you have to do it every day. And a little statistic that I know is is for every minute that you plan, you can save up to 12. So if you just take 10 minutes a day at the end of the day, like you said, at the end of the day, saying, what did I get done? What did I not get done? What did I get done? What do I, what does tomorrow look like? And you create that plan. So now you can go home and just sort of be comfortable and have your, you know, your family life be your family life or your home life be your home life and, and really just be comfortable and peaceful. That's what it's all about. So the next morning when you walk in, you already have a game plan. Now, if you're a morning person, that's great because you, you, you need to hit the ground running. But if you're not a morning person, someone might just plan in the morning for that day. You know, make it a habit of planning at least once a day for 10 minutes, whether it's the day coming up or the, ne- the next day, if you plan at four or five o'clock, but always have that time so you can save so much. Because when you have a plan in place and you get interrupted, you have something to go back to. 
if if you don't have a plan in place and you get interrupted, then what you do is you look at your desk when it's all over and you have 10 things to do. So you walk away and fill your coffee cup because you don't know where to start because you had right. no plan. So I think that having that plan in place is essential for being productive. You've been doing this for a while, and I know that you have worked with lots and lots and lots of financial services professionals. What are some of the biggest time wasters that you see, whether it's the advisor specifically? Actually, let's start with the advisor first, and then we can maybe talk about some of the team stuff. But advisors, biggest time wasters. What what do you got? Uh, Email. That's probably the biggest time waster I always hear. I'm doing a course right now and I have everybody saying, please give us email tips. They can't, they can't seem to, to get past it. And they have, in my opinion, in my experience, I also should say, if you have more than 50 emails in your inbox, you're not using your inbox properly. And probably 98% of the world has more than 50 emails in their inbox. So it becomes very much a huge weight and a big clutter, uh, another sense of clutter on top of your shoulders. So I help people to really declutter their inbox initially. And then how, you know, the biggest difference is it's it's about the difference between checking your email and processing your email. Anybody can check it, but if you don't take it to the end and figure out what needs to happen with it, then it's kind of just a moot point and everything falls below the fold and nothing is important anymore until it becomes a fire. Okay. I want I want to stay on email because I've heard this forever. <laughs> From our first podcast, you brought up something similar. Mm-hmm. And I implemented it personally. Mm-hmm. I, I refused to have, and I was, it's so funny because I'd forgotten where it came from. I interview a lot of people, but you said that 50 number and I, and I was just talking to my team about there. Like, Matt, you only have 26 emails in your inbox. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, you're right. How do you do that? Well, somebody told me at some point, it was Patty Kramer. She told me that I couldn't, I shouldn't have more than 50 in there. So I work very, very hard every single solitary day to process. And that's the, I love that word. Uh I processed those emails. What else can you help people with in order to, because man, advisors, Patty, they get hundreds of them a day. They do. And they don't pay attention to a lot of them. And so there's a couple of things that I always recommend. The first one to reduce your stress around email is to turn off all notifications. The little envelope that pops up and says, oh, somebody loves you and you've got mail and they got the little envelope and the noise, you know, ding dong, whatever. Turn all your notifications off because it's the biggest interrupter in your day. That's the first thing. Second thing I have people do is I ask them to unsubscribe. Just completely unsubscribe from things that you don't, they're just a waste, but I might miss something. Guess what? You can go back and resubscribe if you're missing it, but I guarantee you, you won't miss 90% of the things you unsubscribe from. You know, just really schedule times to check your email. These are some tips that I give is just don't just go in and leave it on all day. You can leave it on, but you don't have to go back and forth, back and forth all day. Maybe check it when you get in, maybe before lunch, maybe before you go home. If you need to do it more than that, great, but don't make it a constant. And then the the key one I said before is stop checking it. You need to start processing it. So there's four things you can do with email. You can delete it, which is my favorite. So if you read an email and you don't need it, delete it. If you have an email in your inbox that requires action that has the right to stay in the inbox. And if it doesn't, um, if it's something that you get that you can forward to somebody else, then just forward it and then delete it. And if you get something that you need, but you don't need it in your inbox, it just need to keep it in a file, create a file folder and, and move it over, drag it over to the file folder. So it's delete, act, forward and file. Other than that, not a whole lot needs to be done with your emails. I'm, I'm, you just got me speechless there because I don't think I do all any of those. I mean, I do some of the four. Huh? Yeah. And so that's processing the email daily. So if you, 
Now, this is not dealing with the glut of email that you have already in, in your inbox, which is something that I can help people do. So if you have, okay, I think the highest number was 129,000. Yeah, 129,000. Sounds about right. Email oh in, in the inbox. Yes, just in the inbox. So if you have 129,000 emails, even if you have 50,000, I'm just going to cut it short. <laughs> There's ways to get rid of them for very quickly. And you create folders in your in your inbox and you label them by year. So 2014, 2015, you know, on up. And you can bulk drag all the that year into a folder. And it really reduces the amount in your inbox. You'll still keep them because I'm not going to ask you to go through 129,000 emails because guess what? You won't. And you'll, it's just, it's too, such a big time waster. So throw them over in the folders. And if you need them, you know, they're there. If you find after a certain amount of time, you don't need them, just delete the whole folder. That's great. But as a quick fix, I always recommend people, you know, take the, take the bulk of their years over there. And if it doesn't break down just into years, you can also create folders of people. And so you sort your email by from. And you just grab a group of people. So if you get stuff from your assistant, just grab all your assistant's name and throw them over to the folder. If you have a client, do the same thing. So, or anything that's a resource or a pro, you know, a product that you get information from, just create a folder for them. You can even create rules so that they automatically go over there and don't even touch your inbox. There's all kinds of solutions to email. Have you, is there an email service that you are partial to? Actually, I'm very familiar with Outlook, if that's what you mean, or is there um, like a like a bolt-on to Outlook, uh, like any of the auxiliary plugins that you can use? No, I don't. I don't really. I try to keep it pretty simple, and um, I can learn anything new that somebody has and help them to work with it. I have some people that have proprietary information in their firm, uh, whether they're a larger firm or what have you, and I can learn that and help them to learn the ins and outs. But really. It's outlook or email is email <laughs> no matter where it comes in. If it comes in in bulk, you still have to deal with it. So I don't have any tools to, to uh, work outside of that. We implemented something called Yesware. And mm-hmm. uh, the nice thing about it is, is it notifies us when somebody read the email. And then it also has a tracker that if I haven't responded to an email that I've read within a specific amount of days, it will remind me. Wow. Which is pretty cool. And it's free. Um, no, it's probably not free. <laughs> I'm sure it's not free now that I said that out loud. Okay. So email, 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 huge, huge time waster. I love your four things that everybody needs to do. What is another huge time waster for advisors? Well, I don't know if this is a time waster, but it's really common and it's people don't sleep enough. Um, all I, every single time I do a, a training or a, a keynote or a program somewhere and I ask people, do you get enough sleep? Everybody says no. And it's because that's the one thing they sacrifice. And so what that does to productivity is when you come into work, you're tired. You're not on all cylinders. You function just at a very low level. And not only that, you're grumpy. So, and people don't really want to be around you as much. So one of the things that you can do to overcome that, and this sounds so juvenile, is get a bedtime. Okay, go go to bed at the same time every night and make sure that it includes enough hours for you to sleep. Everybody has a certain number of hours they need and they know that number. Why not just get them? You know, you have to eat right, you have to drink enough water, and you have to sleep properly. Those are the three, like, musts in, in the world, in, in human life. And if you're not doing one of those, then the three-legged stool becomes very off balance, and it usually makes the other two really go off balance, too. And you become sloppy eaters, meaning you're eating fast food and things you shouldn't be eating unhealthy, and you're not drinking nearly enough water. So if you find that you get enough sleep, 
your day gets already onto a good start. Whenever you walk into the office, you feel a little refreshed. You, you're much more productive. You're clear-minded. You're focused. And that is one of the biggest time wasters. And it sounds really silly because it takes more time to sleep, but it gives you such benefit. You know, I read something somewhere and I, I don't quite remember where it was that all of the people that we look up to, like, you know, the super performers and all of those people, mm-hmm. they are so structured with their day and mm-hmm. they do have the bedtime. They have the same time that they get up every morning. And so I, I think that's absolutely brilliant. I love the three-legged stool. You know, you do need to eat healthy, get enough sleep and drink enough water. You know, that just, just gives your opportunity, your brain an opportunity to process. And mm-hmm. that's really the goal of sleep. But I, I have a, I have a question. Now, here in the United States, uh, we seem to have a very strong prejudice against napping. From a productivity standpoint, what, how do you, does that, can you implement that? Is that something that you like or you don't? I love napping. <laughs> I can nap at the drop of a hat if I needed to, but some people just aren't nappers. Um, but if you, I find, uh, I just taught a course this morning and I just said to them, you need to have some blank space in your life, even at work, meaning where you're just really, taking time to just be because that's whenever you process and we don't ever ever stop long enough to process anything typically. So if you can, whether it's a nap or just a time to go sit and be for five, 10 minutes, that is like as financial advisors listening, you know what an investment of money is. This is an investment of time and it can really pay huge benefits because it gives you so much more back than what you put into it. And so, yeah, I think napping or at least resting or even just walking and ta- or going outside and taking a short walk, just to change your scenery and give yourself that re- rejuvenation can really help. I love the blank time, the space. Mm-hmm. Recently, my team forced me to take some time off, which is which is wonderful. And because of that, we ended up making humongous changes uh, because I had time to to assimilate and process and, and really, really process all of the data that had been coming in. But we're going so fast all the time. You're right. We don't have an opportunity to uh, to process. When we were prepping for the call today, uh, you and Michelle were talking about maybe some client stories. W- would you mind unpacking a couple, whether they're email with the 10 million email in the inbox or mm-hmm. uh, people who have implemented some of these changes and, and really what their life has become? Yeah, it, it's it's so rewarding whenever you work with somebody who has 129,000 emails. And I worked with her, her we'll call her Kay. <laughs> and she she had the, all these emails, and they were both personal and professional uh, accounts. And really, she just didn't. She was completely stuck, which is where most people are. They get stuck, and they don't know what to, to, to do to, to get beyond that. So I was able to help her to um, merge the accounts, and then do all the sorting that I talked about, and delete way of like 128,000. And then the, the thousand that remained, she really was able to just keep or delete, you know, file or whatever she needed to do. So it's life altering because it's such a, it's kind of like you don't even know it's happening. Like your stomach feels it (laughs) or somewhere in your body, it shows up, whether it's pain in the neck or stomach ache or just stress, however it shows. But when it's gone, you feel like a million bucks. And so, you know, I've had other people who literally had personal clutter, not just email clutter. And they, they hire me because they want to get beyond that. And so they have this stuff that's their entire basement. And, and it's not what I do typically, but they can't seem to move ahead at work until they get this clutter gone. And so I work with them for six months or so, with, and then they go on to Michelle, but I'll work with them 
to create a plan. And then I hold them accountable for the actions of moving things along out of their life. And then when they get to, to the working side, it, it's just like when you clear clutter anywhere in your life, it allows all the right things in and all the, the goodness that is out there that just can't make its way in while you're all bogged down. And so just helping them to take care of all these things. I had a woman that had thousands and thousands and thousands of photographs that she needed to do something with. And by the end of the term we talked, she had them all into albums. She had them all uh, scanned and digitized and whatever she needed to do. I mean, thousands, I'm um, going back to like 1997. So just, and now she's moving up in, in their businesses. Uh, the two, I just gave you the examples. They literally have gone up levels because they have levels in their business um, to really hit new marks that they've never hit before, but they were stuck for years. So, you know, moving people along is just such a, such a rewarding experience, not just for me, but for them and and their goals become my goals and we work on them together. And and the accountability is what really, really ties them down and makes them move forward. Michelle, would you mind, since you guys work so closely together, what is it like getting a client from or after they've been through Patty's program? Oh, I can't even, I can hardly explain that because it's a, it's such a completely different type of individual. I just, I just had a, my first call with one of Patty's clients yesterday, as a matter of fact, and her confidence level is at such a, at such a higher place than when, when she started with Patty that now she's, she knows that her confidence level is, is higher. And because of that, she is now able to tackle why she hasn't been getting the kinds of referral business that that she wants to get. And that confidence is going to be able to transfer now into, you know, how she can become more confident in that whole referral process for her. So it's just such a it's such a different level of human being that that comes to me at that point. It's great. And just to clarify just real quickly for listeners is that when you coach with us, you get both coaches and you start with whoever you feel the need that you have to work with first. And most people come to us who need to really get their productivity under control. And once they work with me for, it could be one call, it could be six months, it could be a year, whatever that may t- need or whatever it takes. And then, right. they, then they go over to Michelle and they're teed up for success at that point. Now they have systems in place. They feel like they're in control yeah, they're they're in a whole different space. Yeah, and they've they've created the space not only in their life but also in their business for the new business to be able to come in and for them to be able to to have the ability to focus on what it is that they need to do in terms of actions to bring in the kind of business they want. And that's going to be uh, the the handoff is going to be the second part of this mini series when we really dive in with Michelle and mm-hmm. talk a lot more about the referral stuff. So so that was a great you guys what a great transition. Um, okay, uh, so so uh, what other so we've got we've got email uh, we've got not enough sleep. What other time wasters or or just time issues, uh, Patty? Have you seen with advisors that might resonate with our audience? A um, couple of things that I know of are setting expectations. They don't really set up good expectations um, with their clients. So they they say, oh, I want to meet you at one o'clock, but they don't say from one to two. And so the client doesn't know what time the meetings are going to end. So they come in and they two and a half hours later, the meeting is over. And they're not taking really good control of their week or their time or their day. 
So always, you know, setting meeting end times and start times, obviously, but just having an end time on anything that you do. If you don't go to a networking event and it's, you know, six starts at six, who knows when it ends? You always have an end time. And again, another one is with your calendar of taking control of the days that you offer. I encourage financial advisors to look at themselves equal to a doctor. You don't call your doctor up and say, well, I'm going to come in on Wednesday at four. Is that okay? That doesn't happen. So as advisors, we are, they're very, very, very customer service and client service oriented. That's perfect. I love that. But you can't be at the, at the you know, risk of losing your own control of your time. So when somebody says, when you say, I, I need to have you come in to see me, I'm available at Tuesday at two or Thursday at four, which is better for you, then the client can decide. But if you just say, when are you available, client? And they, they tell you, and now you have to rearrange your whole schedule. That's not taking control of your time. It doesn't happen when you go get your hair done. It doesn't happen whenever you go to the doctor. You just they, you let, find out when you're available and only offer that time. So, and same thing with answering emails. Only answer email when you want to. We set up so many expectations for our clients that are so unrealistic. Like as soon as you get an email in your inbox, you respond. Well, stop doing that. They're expecting it. So, you know, those expectations that we set are just, we set them and we can change them too. We can let our clients know that we only return calls at three o'clock on, 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 during the day. Whatever it is you want it to look like, people will just gel with whatever you're doing. So, um, you know, look, setting up an ideal week of your own and then running your life by that saying, I only want to see clients on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, never on Monday or Friday. Whoever sets your appointments, whether it's yourself or your assistant, don't let them schedule anybody on Monday and Friday. If somebody absolutely can't see you on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you might make an exception, but you don't have to. People will just bend to whatever you can do. And so really understanding you can take control of your time. Those are some of the biggest time wasters. I see people, they just, but I'm, I have to really take care of my clients. Well, they're not taking good care of you because you're just way too available. So yeah. that's, those, those are some expectations that get set up that are just really wasting time. Again, after you and I, uh, we interviewed you previously, we implemented that here at our company. Mm -hmm. uh, and so there are specific times where we podcast or specific times where we uh, have planning. There are specific times. And, and I just feel like I, I'm more in the right state of mind. Like for instance, today, so Wednesdays and Thursdays are my podcast days. So when I come into the office, I know I'm going to be behind the mic for 16 hours, mm -hmm. right? So I, it's game time. Right. And I'm going to be in a different mindset than I am when I have my Tuesday management days. Mm -hmm. I, I, I cannot stress enough how, how not uh, empowering there's the word I'm looking for, mm -hmm. how empowering that has been for, for us personally and advisors who have implemented that they just feel, they just feel better. Don't they? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard to not feel better whenever you're in control. But the, the thing that I think people worry about is that they're coming across rude and you're not coming across rude. You're coming across as somebody who's in control of their time. You're busy. You respect your time and you're busy and you're respecting your client's time. If you're respecting everybody else's time, it's very much a, a, a good thing. It's a win-win. It's if I had to go see my financial advisor and they said, I'll come in at eight o'clock and I, but no end time. I have something planned at nine. I need to know when it's over. I have a life as a client too. I can't just give all the time that, that you need. So it's being respectful of everybody's time, not just your own. Yeah. 
you know, I think I might have shared this with you too, uh, either offline, but one of the worst jobs I ever had was a marriage counselor. And um, when I was a therapist and it was, it was a really, really uh, just a terrible job because, you know, nobody goes to a marriage counselor generally when the marriage is going well. But one of the biggest issues that I've found in relationships and you have relationships with your team and you have relationships with your clients and you have your personal interpersonal relationships is setting those clear expectations. You can't expect somebody to do something if they have no idea what to expect. So I love that you can set an email, you can set a phone call, or you can communicate directly with your clients that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays are when we make appointments. And guess what? Here's why. Mm-hmm. Right. And especially if you explain the why behind it, they're going to internalize that a lot more because then there's some sort of an emotional anchor attached to that behavior. Right. And there's a respect back to that because they understand why. And it's not just because, just because. <laughs> yeah. Right. And Matt, I think it's also important that whenever you do make an exception, if the, if the need is there, is that I think it's also very valuable to let the client know and understand that you are making an exception and it helps them to, you know, to understand that this is not, not going to be a usual occurrence. Mm-hmm. I liken this also to, to training pets. I happen to be a big dog person <laughs> and uh, you know, I will, we'll go to a dog park or we'll be out and you know, somebody's pet is entirely unruly and you know, they meet our dogs and they're like, why are your dogs so well behaved? Because I expect them and I've trained them to be well behaved. Uh, you've got a pit bull rescue and I've got a St. Bernard, right? I've got a 140 pound dog mm-hmm. and my St. Bernard, if he's not well trained, one, he's going to knock me over. And two, people don't want to see a humongous dog running at them. That scares the heck out of them. Mm-hmm. The expectations yeah, right. Guys, I have, and, and you know what, Michelle, I know we're going to, we're going to talk about this on our next podcast uh, in this mini series is I definitely want to make sure that we talk about the, the referrals and when it comes to how you use expectations to help with asking for referrals. And if that is part of your program or if it's not, I definitely want to talk about that. But at the end of the podcast today, I want to ask you two questions. Uh, and the first one is, what should I have asked you? I, I you know, I always feel like I'm super prepared for these, but um, as we get going, I kind of get caught up in the moment and I might have missed a question I should have asked. Is there anything I should have asked you guys? Mm-hmm. You know, I was I was thinking about that along the line as you were as you were talking and I, I the one thing that I thought you actually asked was how how Patty's work with people, you know, actually influences them when they come to me. So that particularly was a, was a fantastic question because I think that it's one of the things that really does make us unique in our coaching practice. You know, and the other thing, the other piece to that little equation is that when I'm working with one of uh, Patty's clients that she's given me, there often does come a time where you know, I may need to recommend that they go back to Patty for a little while if I start to see red flags or or something like that. And and oftentimes too, we kind of plan in uh, a call specifically with to go back with Patty just so that she can you know kind of give them a little fix or a little tweak to keep them on track because we all know how easy it is for bad habits and and you know old habits to come back into someone's routine. Mm -hmm. The other thing you might not have asked um, is what our coaching looks like. Our personal private coaching. That is a good question. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah. We do coach financial advisors exclusively and it's just sometimes people hear that and they don't understand what that looks like. And so it's basically a one-year agreement minimum as we start with a year 
with our clients. And we work with uh, those who are in growth mode and who are coachable. We do not work with everybody. We will talk to you and we will find if we're a good fit. If we're not, we part ways friends because it's just, we want to make sure that it's going to be a win-win all the way around. And it's a, it's 23 calls per year. There's two calls a month on a recurring basis, first and third or second and fourth and of the month. And there's only one call in December because no one really wants to talk to us the second call of December. So a little bit too busy going on. And so that, and there's unlimited email access to us between calls. And that's how our coaching basically works. You start out with one of us. And if you never access the other coach, that's fine. But we are here. Whenever Michelle was saying, you're, you know, Patty hands me a coaching client, her coaching client, it's our clients are ours because they get access to both of us. And we, as a threesome, we determine who they start, who they would start with. And then once they move on, uh, if they need to go to the other one, great. If not, that's fine too. Mm. So that's basically how it's set up as far as, you know, logistically. And you have something new that's going on. So that's my final question. Uh, what What is going on? What do you have uh, percolating right now? Okay. Well, we, this is so exciting. We wrote a book last year that was released. Number one uh, bestseller on Amazon called A Woman's Way, Empowering Female Financial Advisors to Authentically Lead and Flourish in a Man's World. And the book has been really well received. People can't seem to put it down. And we decided that you know how you buy a book and you put it on the shelf and it just sits there? Well, we didn't want that to happen. We wanted it to come alive. So we created a woman's way to a thriving practice and where we get six, a minimum of six women uh, financial advisors on the call, everybody all over the country, all over the world, if they want to call in. And uh, they get six phone calls on productivity and six calls on referrals. It happens over a six-month period. There's two calls a month. And they just call in and, and it's a very reasonable, it's normally $5.99. We have a special right now for $549 for the whole thing for all 12 calls. We walk you through the book. We give you a 34-page workbook online and we just coach you through as a group and individually. And we it's just been phenomenal so far. We just unrolled it and it is just cooking right now. So if the, the if women advisors are looking for joining our group, we have a new one coming out on June 12th. And then we're probably going to roll one out in July and August. We just have, as soon as we get the people, we, we roll one out. So it's very exciting. Well, first off, congratulations on the book. I, 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 um, I have heard much buzz, which is one of the other reasons why we wanted to get you back on the show uh, was to talk a little bit about uh, you know how the book has been successful. Uh, when we can, we're going to punt that puppy until a little bit later. But uh, I'm so happy that you're doing a, a group coaching program. You know, it's it's almost one of those kind of dip your toe in the water to really see what the relationship is like for both of you for the the financial advisor and and for you too. But we have a very strong uh, audience of women who listen to the podcast. I think it is uh, well known that um, we're we're male advocates here. Kirk and I are huge male advocates of of helping, uh, however we possibly can, women to succeed in financial services, especially in our medium, which is to get their voices out. Right. So, 2019's uh, vision was to help women get their voices heard in the marketplace. Um, female financial advisors specifically. So we really appreciate what you are doing. Um, if there's anything we can do at Top Advisor Marketing, like we're trying to do right now with this mini series to get your uh, thought leadership out and to help uh, women really become 
a, a reasonable percentage? I mean, mm-hmm. what are we at now? Do you guys know the number? 16 overall, 16%. 16 overall. So it was seven when I started in the wow. industry, mm-hmm. but yeah. that still sucks. What the heck, man? 51% of the population and 16% are financial advisors. That That's not parody. That doesn't make any sense. No, not at all. And we, we do work with men uh, advisors also. So we, we enjoy working with on the private side. The, the reason we wrote the book was because there was such a lack of women being supported. They're not attracted. They're not retained. They're not supported. They're not trained. So anything we can do to give them some additional support is what we really want to do because we want to, we want to move the needle on that number. We think that it's possible. And I think there's a, a movement in the works at the moment and anything we can do to make that happen, we're happy to do it. Fantastic. Well, we, we at Top Advisor Marketing really truly want to thank you for that. And also thank both of you for a freaking awesome podcast. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Matt. You're thank awesome. you very much. Hey, uh, real quick. Uh, so uh, we'll we'll cover this next time too, but uh, how do people reach out to both of you? I think the easiest way for them to, is to visit our website at www.productivityuncorked.com, productivityuncorked.com, and they can reach us through the contact page or that's just the easiest way to remember. And please make sure that you're you're following Patty Kramer and Michelle Donovan on social media uh, because they post really good stuff. Uh, and, and some of it's their own stuff, and but they really repost other people's stuff too. And a lot of times I get a lot of uh, information through that channel because they're both thought leaders and they're very, very attuned to what's going on in our industry and will share stuff that you should take a moment to read. So Patty, Michelle, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate we really appreciate it. it. Thank you. Stay tuned for part two of this uh, two-part podcast. Uh, This next podcast, we're going to dive into the more of the referability aspect and the business consultant stuff that Michelle does uh, on this team of Productivity Uncorked. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you click that subscribe now button below. That way you'll get part two of this podcast super, super fast. And it also gives you an opportunity to have a nice, gentle push notification to your phone or listening device every time we come out with a new podcast. If you like what you're hearing, make sure that you just hit us a quick five stars on iTunes. That'd be super helpful for all of us. It also gives us feedback on what we're doing well and what we're not. And finally, 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 if you have an idea or you know somebody who would be a great guest on our show, please make sure that you email me at Matt at Top Advisor M, and that M is for marketing.com. And we'll be more than happy to reach out and talk a little bit more about what you want to hear. So, for everybody at Productivity Uncorked, this is Matt Halloran. For everybody at Top Advisor Marketing, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Are you ready to change the way you communicate with your clients? Are you tired of being the best kept secret in your area? Learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your business. Contact us today and see what the power of podcasting can do for your business. Click on the Contact Us link on our website at topadvisormarketing.com and set up a call to learn more. Follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook for more updates and information. This was brought to you by iris.xyz, a platform helping financial professionals become better in business and life through new media and new voices. Visit them and learn more at iris.xyz.